day uh, 217 of 365, the Bible Challenge with Abby Joy. Psalm 91, verse 1 to 8. Those who live in the shelter of the Most High will find rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This I declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He alone is my God and I trust him. For he will rescue you from every trap and protect you from deadly disease. He will cover you with his feathers. He will shelter you with his wings. His faithful promises are your armour and protection. Do not be afraid of the terrors of the night, nor the arrow that flies in the day. Do not dread the disease that stalks in the darkness, nor the disaster that strikes at midday. Though a thousand fall at your side, though ten thousand are dying around you, these evils will not touch you. Just open your eyes and see how the wicked are punished. One Corinthians chapter one verse eighteen to chapter two verse five. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are headed for destruction, but we who are being saved know it is the very power of God, as the scriptures say, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and discard the intelligence of the intelligent. So where does this leave the philosophers, the scholars and the world's brilliant debaters? God has made the wisdom of this world look foolish, since God in his wisdom saw to it that the world would never know him through human wisdom. He has used our foolish preaching to save those who believe. It is foolish to the Jews who ask for signs from heaven. And it is foolish to the Greeks who seek human wisdom. So when we preach that Christ was crucified... The Jews are offended and the Gentiles say it's all nonsense. But to those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. This foolish plan of God is wiser than the wisest of human plans and God's weakness is stronger than the greatest of human strength. Remember, dear brothers and sisters, that... Few of you were wise in the world's eyes, or powerful or wealthy, when God called you. Instead, God chose things the world considered foolish in order to shame those who think they are wise. And he chose things that are powerless to shame those who are powerful. God chose things despised by the world, things counted as nothing at all, and used them to bring nothing, bring to nothing what the world considers important. As a result, no one can ever boast in the presence of God. God has united you with Christ. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy and he freed us from sin. Therefore, as the scriptures say, if you want to boast, boast only about the Lord. When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan, for I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, 
I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust, not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. One Chronicles chapter nineteen verse one to chapter twenty two verse one. Some time after this, King Nahash of the Ammonites died, and his son Hanun became king. David said, "I'm going to show loyalty to Hanun, and because of his father, Nahash, who was always very loyal to me." So David sent messengers to express sympathy to Hanun about his father's death. But when David's ambassadors arrived at the land of Ammon. The Ammonite commanders said to Hanan, Do you really think these men are coming here to honour your father? No, David has sent them to spy out the land so they can come in and conquer it. So Hanan seized David's ambassadors and shaved them, cut off their robes to the buttocks and sent them back to David in shame. When David heard what had happened to the men, he sent messengers to tell them, Stay at Jericho until your beards grow out and then come back for they felt deep shame because of their appearance. When the people of Ammon realised how seriously they had angered David, Hanan and the Ammonites sent £75,000 of silver to hire chariots and charioteers from Aram Naharaim, Aram Macha and Zobah. They also hired 32,000 chariots and secured the support of the king of Macha and his army. These forces camped at Medeba where they were joined by the Ammonite troops that Hanan had recruited from his own towns. When David heard about this, he sent Joab and all his warriors to fight them. The Ammonite troops came out and drew up their battle lines at the entrance of the city, while the other kings positioned themselves to fight in the open fields. When Joab saw that he would have to fight on both from the front and the rear, he chose some of the Israelite elite troops and placed them under his personal command to fight the Arameans in the fields. He left the rest of the army under the command of his brother, Abishai, who was to attack the Ammonites. If the Arameans are too strong for me, then come over and help me, Joab told his brother. And if the Ammonites are too strong for you, I will help you. Be courageous. Let us fight bravely for our people and the cities of our God. May the Lord's will be done. When Joab and his troops attacked, the Arameans began to run away. And when the Ammonites saw the Arameans running, they also ran from Abishai and retreated into the city. Then Joab returned to Jerusalem. The Arameans now realised that they were no match for Israel, so they sent messengers and summoned additional Aramean troops from the other side of the Euphrates River. These troops were under the command of Shobak, the commander of the Hadadezer's forces. When David heard what was happening, he mobilised all Israel, crossed the Jordan River and positioned his troops in battle formation. Then David engaged the Arameans in battle and they fought against him. But again, the Arameans fled from the Israelites. This time, David's forces killed 7,000 charioteers and 40,000 foot soldiers, including Shobach, the commander of their army. When Hadadezer's allies saw that they had been defeated by Israel, they surrendered to David and became his subjects. After that, the Arameans were no longer willing to help the Ammonites. In the spring of the year, when the kings normally go out to war, 
Joab led the Israelite army in successful attacks against the land of the Ammonites. In the process, he laid siege to the city of Rabbah, attacking and destroying it. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Then David went to Ramah and removed the crown from the king's head, and it was placed on his own head. The crown was made of gold and set with gems, and he found it weighed 75 pounds. David took a vast sum of plunder from the city. He also made slaves of the people of Ramah and forced them to labour with saws, iron picks and iron axes. That's how David dealt with people, dealt with the people of all the Ammonite towns. Then David and all the army returned to Jerusalem. After this, war broke out with the Philistines at Giza as they fought Shibakai from Hushha, killed Saf, a descendant of the giants, and so the Philistines were subdued. During another battle with the Philistines, Elihanan, son of Jair, killed Lamni, the brother of Goliath of Gath. The handle of Lamni's spear was as thick as a weaver's beam. In another battle, the Philistines at Gath, with the Philistines at Gath, they encountered a huge man with six fingers on each hand and six toes on each foot, twenty-four in all who was also a descendant of the giants. But when he defied and taunted Israel, he was killed by Jonathan, the son of David's brother, Shimea. These Philistines were descendants of the giants of Gath, but David and his warriors killed them. Satan rose up against Israel and caused David to take census of the people of Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the army, Take a census of all the people of Israel, from Beersheba in the south to Dan in the north, and bring me a report so I may know how many there are. But Joab replied, May the Lord increase the number of his people a hundred times over. But why, my lord king, do you want to do this? Are they not all your servants? Why must you cause Israel to sin? But the king insisted that they take the census. So Joab travelled throughout all Israel to count the people. Then he returned to Jerusalem and reported the number of people to David. There were 1,100,000 warriors in Israel who could handle a sword and 470,000 in Judah. But Joab did not include the tribes of Levi and Benjamin in the census because he was so distressed at what the king had made him do. God was very disappointed with the census and he punished Israel for it. Then David said to God, I have sinned greatly by taking this census. Please forgive my guilt for doing this foolish thing. Then the Lord spoke to Gad, David's seer. This was the message. Go and say to David, this is what the Lord says. I will give you three choices. Choose one of these punishments and I will inflict it on you. So Gad came to David and said, These are the choices the Lord has given you. You may choose three years of famine, three months of destruction by the sword of your enemies, or three days of severe plague as the angel of the Lord brings devastation throughout the land of Israel. Decide what answer I should give the Lord who sent me. I am in a desperate situation, David replied to Gad, but let me fall into the hands of the Lord, for his mercy is very great. Do not let me fall into human hands. So the Lord sent a plague upon Israel. Seventy thousand people died as a result, and God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But just as the angel was preparing to destroy it, the Lord relented and said to the death angel, Stop, 
that is enough. At that moment, the angel of the Lord was standing by the threshing floor of Arunah, the Jebusite. David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth with his sword drawn, reaching out over Jerusalem. So David and the leaders of Israel put on burlap to show their deep distress and fell face down on the ground. And David said to God, I am the one who called for the census. I am the one who has sinned and done wrong. But these people are as innocent as sheep. What have they done? O Lord my God, let your anger fall against me and my family, but do not destroy your people. Then the angel of the Lord told Gad to instruct David to go up and build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. So David went up to do what the Lord had commanded him through Gad. Aruana, who was busy threshing wheat at the time, turned and saw the angel there. His four sons who were with him ran away and hid. When Aruna saw David approaching, he left his threshing floor and bowed before David with his face to the ground. David said to Aruna, Let me buy this threshing floor from you at its full price. Then I will build an altar to the Lord here so that we will stop this plague. Take it, my lord the king, and use it as you wish, Aruna said to David. I will give the oxen for the burnt offering and the threshing boards for wood to build a fire on the altar and wheat for the grain offering. I will give it all to you. But the king replied to Aruna, No, I insist on buying it for the full price. I will not take what is yours and give it to the Lord. I will not present burnt offerings that have cost me nothing. So David gave Aruna 600 pieces of gold in payment for the threshing floors. David built an altar there to the Lord and sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings. And when David prayed, the Lord answered him by sending fire from heaven to burn up the offering on the altar. Then the Lord spoke to the angel who put the sword back into its sheath. When David saw that the Lord had answered his prayer, he offered sacrifices there at Aruna's threshing floor. At that time, the tabernacle of the Lord and the altar of burnt offering that Moses had made in the wilderness were located at the place of worship in Gibeon. But David was not able to go there to inquire of God because he was terrified by the drawn sword of the angel of the Lord. Then David said, This will be the location for the temple of the Lord God and the place of the altar for Israel's burnt offerings.